Welcome to the OKC First podcast. Together, we're learning to do three things. Friendship with God. Friendship with one another. And open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. Today's scripture comes from Psalms 33, verses 12 through 22. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all humankind. From where he sits enthroned, he watches as the inhabitants of earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a vain hope for victory, and his great might is it cannot save. Truly, the eye of the Lord is those who fear him. On those who hope in his steadfast love to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine, Our soul awaits for the Lord. He is our help and and shield. Our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us. Even as we hope in you, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good job, Audrey. Good job. Amen. We good up there, Shane, and feel good about everything? Good, 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 good. Uh, it is a big day. You have chosen a very good day. In addition to it being Kids Sunday, it is also the day that we get to report to you that uh, God is the same God in Zambia, Africa, as God is here. That is a great relief to me. I need you to know that. Like, it is a long way from here to Africa. It, it takes uh, many hours. Now, it doesn't take as many hours as it took us to get there. It took us 60-some-odd hours to get there because of weather and planes and that kind of thing. But it, it would typically take 20-some-odd hours to get there. And you just kind of wonder, okay, is God the same in Zambia as God is over here? And I'm happy to report that God is just that big. That God has that kind of both vision and reach to be the same God up to the same kinds of things there that God is doing here. We're in a series that's called Cover Psalms through this part of the summer. And as you know, this is a cover psalm. Uh, A cover song is a new performance or recording by someone other than the original artist or composer of a previously recorded commercially released song. And we have in the process of this particular series, we've heard from Bono and U2, we've heard from Patty Griffin, we've heard some original sorts of things. But today it seems like the right thing, and I'm going to talk a little bit over it, Autumn, it seems like the right thing for you just to hear uh, a Zambian choir erupt in praise. And so here is a song that Autumn has for us right now. Go ahead. So this is the church at Mapepe. Now the church at Mapepe, uh, the first time we went there, we actually sat on like giant tubes, giant tubes. And, and the floor was dirt and the walls were dirt. And I think they're a little bit farther along, but not a whole lot farther along, but their choir is world-class. So much so that this choir came to where we were. They, they took the bus and it took them probably 40 some odd minutes just to get to us. And they gave us a little impromptu concert. Uh, and then they, 
then they had us buy all of their CDs. <laughs> and we bought them and brought them home so that you could buy their CDs. And so we have these CDs that will be available at the different Zambian marketplaces. But this is what you notice. If you're in the presence of Zambians, and I'm sure other countries, but I'm going to talk specifically about Zambians who worship. Here's the thing that you notice. A, every song is also a dance. <laughs> and it's terrifying, yes, but still, every song is also a dance, which means that they see the need to get their entire bodies involved in praise. Here's the other thing that strikes you. You look around and they are, uh, you're in a church that has dirt floor and, and mud walls and you're sitting on pipes and stuff that might leave you and me in, in sort of a mindset where we might not feel like praising. And man, they are into it. It, it seems that your socioeconomic status does not determine whether or not God is praiseworthy. Amen? It, it seems it seems that you can have what we would call nothing. In fact, one of the days that we were at Mapepi, if you remember, they were going to have a big offering for their pastor. Remember this? They were having a big offering for their pastor. And, and as the pastor was like, this is a great, we need to take this back. This is a great thing. And they just paraded in front of their pastor and brought him beans and meal and stuff like that. The stuff of, of life. And they did so out of these glad and sincere hearts that recognized that God is a God of abundance. Even when you're poor, you can recognize that God is a God of abundance and therefore worthy of praise, of praise. In the course of this series, we have heard these Psalms and we have had this one particular phrase that's kind of been the star of the show throughout and it's this phrase, steadfast love. In fact, I, I, last week I called it amazing grace. And in a couple of these Psalms, the amazing grace was in kind of the background, but because it was in the background, the people of God had the freedom to cry out in hurt and in anguish. Okay, Autumn, you can start to kind of draw that to a close. People were free to, to cry out in hurt and anguish against the backdrop of the amazing grace, the steadfast love of God. In another couple of these songs, they were Thanksgiving psalms, and God had done something very specific. God had done something very specific, and the people in response erupted, erupted in this Thanksgiving song, and what I've said to you is, man, gratitude is a good thing. You need to learn to sing those songs. You need to keep your eyes peeled for the ways in which God is inter inter intervening in your life, and you need to get good at singing this song of gratitude. It's good for you. It's good for the people around you. Today, the steadfast love of God is still front and center, but rather than it being a, a thanksgiving song, it is just eruption in praise because God is that big, God is that great, and God is that good. These three verses, 13, 14, and 15, the Lord looks down from heaven, he sees all of humankind. From where he sits enthroned, he watches all the inhabitants of the earth, mind-blowing. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. This God is big. Maybe we don't say that quite often enough. I mean, I'm saying to you each and every week, God's mind about you is made up, and the news is good because I want to underscore each and every week that this God is a lover of people. But this God is huge. <laughs> it's so big, so big that you can get off the plane in Africa. You can go to a church in Africa, and you'd swear they're talking about the same God that you're talking about when you're back here. That's a big God. So God is great, but also 
God is good and worthy of our praise. Truly the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, there it is, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Oh man, that's an important line to me. Here's why. Here's, here's what I noticed about the work that we see going on in Zambia. It a lot of times reminds me of you. It reminds me of us. We are absolutely the people that want people of all ages to choose this Jesus and to have their souls, whatever that means, wherever the soul is, to have their souls somehow cared for. But never do we understand the care of the soul to be absent of that same body. In fact, we believe that souls are somehow encased in these bodies. And so it's a hard thing, and we should never say, and Jesus would back us up on this, don't ever say, hey, I'm going to help your soul, but I don't really have that much concern about your body. We don't say it, and they don't say it there. If you're going to care for someone's soul there, you need to be prepared to feed them, help them to live a higher quality of life. And it makes sense because this God delivers souls from death but also keeps alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. And so, God, let your steadfast love be upon us even as we hope in you. And that's the story we have to tell you today. Over the course of years, and over the course of a 10-year partnership, we're now into our second 10-year partnership with these good people in Zambia, we have watched a couple of things happen. First, every time we go over, we're better for having gone over. And second, slowly but surely, God is making a very specific and uniquely God move there in Africa. And we want to tell you that story and at the end give you an opportunity to help. 50. That's what we're after. We're after 50, 50 what? Friends of this effort. We're after 50 folks who would say on a recurring basis, on a monthly basis, we will partner with what the church is doing in Africa, 50 of you, to the tune of 10 or 25 or 50 or $100 a month. Yeah, John, <clears throat> you are aware that this may have an impact on tithes, right? Hear me say this out loud. Abundance, not scarcity. Abundance, not scarcity. Church can probably handle it if you decide to help in Africa as well. It's been a great partnership, and we'll talk more about that in a second. But if you have ever, if you have ever been on one of these trips, if you just got back from one or if you went on one 10 years ago, I want you to make your way to the platform now as we watch this very cool video. So all of you, ever, if you've ever gone, come on up. Ready, go. Don't make me call you out, because I will. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a boat. Come on up on the platform. No song that I could sing, but I can try for your heart. Our dreams, and they are made out of real things. Like a shoebox of photographs with sepia tone loving. Love is the answer, at least, for most of the questions of my heart. Like why we're here and where do we go and knock on my so hard. It's not always easy, and sometimes life can be deceiving. I'll tell you one thing, it's always better when we're together mm, It's always better when we're together Yeah, we'll look at them stars when we're together Well, it's always 
might find their way into my dreams tonight But I know that they'll be gone When the morning light sings or brings new things For tomorrow night you see That they'll be gone too Too many things I have to do But if all of these dreams might find their way into my day-to-day scene I'd be under the impression I was somewhere in between With only two, just me and you Not so many things we got to do Or places we got to be We'll sit beneath the mango tree now Yes, always better when we're together Mmm, we're somewhere in between Gilbert Bakasa uh, on behalf of the church here and the community here in Katuba we want to express our thankfulness for this wonderful gift to the community here in Katuba water is life and this will go a long way to save many many lives and people are excited today they are celebrating this gift we thank God we continue praying for you and your ministry May God bless you. Thank you, team. I just wanted you to see all the different people, and there are some others that aren't here, but you guys can go ahead and and have a seat because we're going to be talking for a long time. But if you are going to talk, stay close because we're going, you can go sit on the front row or something because we will call you back up, all right? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to say about this woman, uh, like I said, it took us 60 some odd hours to get there. Uh, That's not all on the airplane. Most of that was in the airport. Most of that was spent watching Debbie wrangle American Airlines. And uh, she just with great patience and yet great fortitude forced them to let us go to Africa. (laughs) And we are grateful. I tell you what though, um, when we go to Africa, I'm not kidding. Debbie, I'm surprised that we don't still we don't see statues of you out there somewhere. The, the folks in Zambia love her. They write songs for you. You are Reverend Dr. Debbie. I tell you what, she deserves a nice round of applause for helping us do what we do. Well, thank you. Is this on? Yep. Okay. Um, it's not fair to ask me to speak after I watch this video. I've literally watched this video 999 times, and I've cried every time I've watched it. Um, and it ends with our wonderful friend, Gilbert Bacasa, who really taught us how to see uh, Zambia and taught us how to um, feel what's really happening there. Um, so when we go to 
Zambia and we visit our churches, it feels like we're here. I mean, it feels like home to us. Every church we go to, it feels the same. With, we're with people that love us. We love them. We all love Jesus together. Uh, but Gilbert taught us how to see extreme poverty. And we found ourselves very quickly caught up in the river of help that God is sending toward the needs. So that's the only way I can describe it. It's great to be caught up in a river of help. And when we met Gilbert and we met other leaders like Smoke and Benson and Paul and Clever, these are all pastors that have served in Zambia. When we met them and they started telling us the story of their people and their churches and the needs and they showed us schools and children and homes and families, uh, it, it became real very fast because we're all parents. We have children and homes and families and we saw the gap between the need and what is. And I knew pretty quickly that we were supposed to be in the gap. So we went to, we, we had a great idea that we would continue to go to back to Zambia. We would develop this partnership and we would help them build this training center. And, uh, but along the way, we met people. And so, yes, we have continued to build the training center, which now has, I don't know, 30 rooms or something in the dorm, a kitchen. We've got 30 bathrooms, 30 showers. I mean, we live there when we're there. So it's amazing and wonderful. We've started the cafeteria building. Uh, you know, this is going to be like a full-fledged campus of where people can go, large groups can go, where they can have like district assembly and they can stay all weekend and they can cook and eat and worship and pray and do all the things that they do. That's what, that's what their dream was. And so we said, yeah, we want in on that. We want to help you do that. But then we saw the need. And we met the kids. And so when we go to Zambia every time for 10 years now, nine trips, nine teams we've been, right? So nine times we've been and we've seen the kids at our two schools that we currently partner with. So about 2,000 kids. And so we've looked in their eyes, and when we go back and back and back, and we look in their eyes, they put hope in us, and they believe us that we're going to come back and we're going to bring help. So that's where we're at. So 10 years now, we've been saying, okay, we'll be back. We're bringing help. We're bringing more friends. And so we keep coming back. And so. We now are in a place, you know, we've started a nonprofit, we've done the work, and we've learned about how do we do it right. So that's where we're at. We're 10 years in. Um, we're not experts, but we kind of know what to do, and we have lots of great leaders there that are helping us not to make big mistakes. So we want to do some things that are going to make a huge difference in the lives of these kids. These. 2,000 kids between these two schools, and that's just the beginning. So don't get me wrong and think that, oh, we can just fix this these two schools and then we're good. Uh, that honestly is just the beginning. This is going to take us the rest of our lives to partner with the church in Zambia to do the work that they're trying to do. So 
in a minute, we're going to watch a video. It's going to show some things um, at one of the schools. Actually, there's a couple of schools highlighted in there. I want you to pick out a couple of things. Uh, the kitchen. It starts with the kitchen. So this is a kitchen where they're cooking school lunches. And so I want you to notice that the kitchen is outdoors, and it's an open pot over an open fire. So that particular school serves between five and 600 orphans and vulnerable children. So orphans are children that have lost one or both of their parents, and they're not living with their parents. Vulnerable children are children that live in extreme poverty and have parents that are ill or not able to care for them. So that's the kids that our pastors are reaching out to in these communities. So when you see the kids in these videos, those are our kids. That's who I'm talking about when I say our kids. Those are the eyes we've looked into. Those are the kids that run up and can't wait to see us. They're so happy. I mean, they have sung songs for us. They have signs. They're just so happy that we've come because I think we represent hope for them. They want to learn and grow, and they have dreams and hopes. They want to be pilots and doctors and engineers and scientists. They have the same dreams that we have. And, I mean, we're there to help them realize that. So I want you to look for the kitchen, and I also want you to look for the toilets. So we all make the assumption when we send our kids to school that they're going to have a great school lunch, they're going to have a nice bathroom that's clean and safe, they're going to... These things we assume, right? But I want you to look at the toilets in this. This is representative of one of our schools. This is at one of our schools and represents all of the schools in Zambia that we work with. Um, and this is probably a nice facility, but it looks like closets, and, it, and inside that closet, I'm not sure if you'll be able to see it very well, but there's a hole in the ground. So uh, last year, the Ministry of Education came to one of our schools in Kenyama and said, you don't have enough toilets for 1,600 students. You need to add more. So they added one more closet and one more hole in the ground. And I think they have five or six in total, and that serves 1,600 students. They have a similar open pot on an open fire outdoors where they cook a lunch each day when there is food available. And that might be the only meal that these kids get. So, I mean, that, that hits me right here. So I, I hope that you can see that in the video. If you can't see it in the video, please go with us. Because I know you'll see it if you'll go to Zambia with us. Um, These are the two urgent needs, but there are many, many other needs. So I would love for you to take a moment and watch the video. Do you want to watch it now or do you want to have the other teammates talk about the relationship? Because I have that. Okay, yes. Okay, so there's a couple of, th three people actually from the team that are going to speak for just a moment about a couple of things. And so if you guys would come up and uh, we want to hear from you. Where is my oh. Okay. All right. Taylor. Hmm? Oh, I'll go. All right. Hi, my name is Brian. 
And this was my second time to uh, go to Zambia. And I didn't wear my Africa shirt today, but I brought my binoculars. These, uh, these have become quite a staple for me when I go to Africa because, well, why else do you take binoculars? They help us to see better. They help us to see a little more clearly. And what we want for you to do today is to see what we do a little bit more clearly. Um, Work and witness has always been a big part of my life. I went on my first work and witness trip in 1988 when I was a senior in high school. And over the years, uh, much of my international travel has been because of work and witness. Um, As a youth pastor, as just an attendee, as a district leader of work and witness, it's always been important to me to go and to do. It wasn't long after I started attending here at OKC First a few years ago that I heard about this Zambia partnership. And I started to understand (laughs) that I was seeing it wrong. It wasn't about going and doing. It was about going and being. And the first time I went to Zambia two years ago, I met a, a very handsome fella named James, and we became quick friends. James is one of those people that has this magnetism. He always has a smile on his face. No matter what's going on, no matter what he's doing, there's always a smile on his face. Even when he's sharing about uh, the things he might be going through or struggling with at home. But we became quick friends. In this trip, I got to spend more time with James, and it was actually very surprising because I didn't know if James would even be there. Uh, But the first morning when we woke up, I was hoping to go to the kitchen and find coffee, and Debbie met me outside the kitchen, and she said, guess who's here? I was like, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) And she said, James is here. I had sent him a Facebook message and never heard back, well, his... Obviously, uh, they struggle a little with technology there, so I didn't know if he would be there or not. But James had actually uh, left a couple jobs in Lusaka to come and spend the week with us in Chipongwe. And as we got to work together, one of the things he said to me was, in 2017, when you said you would be back, I really didn't believe you. And he said, when I found out you were back, I pinched myself and said, could this really be true? Are they back? And I realized that it's not about going and doing. It's not about the work that we do. It's about who we go and be to them and to us because we are forever changed. And I want to say one last thing. If you've ever, and I know I said it two years ago, if you've ever even thought for a moment that Zambia might be something you would be interested in, I want to encourage you, follow that thought, follow that feeling, follow that dream, because we would love to take a team twice the size next time and let you be a part of this with us. So I was a Zambia newbie this year, and I was also one of the youngins, which was pretty fun. Um, But like building off of what Brian said, 
it was incredible to like grow up hearing the names of Precious and Boss Man Clement and Pastor Banda and Smoke Chayway, but you don't know what you don't know until you meet these people. And it's like overwhelming the way that they pour their hearts and souls into what they do. And the fact that, you know, Brian is willing to come back and just show up and walk along with James. Because James doesn't need Brian's help to lay tile, but the fact that Brian was willing to travel all the way to Africa to work with him just because, you know, he missed him and they're best buds, it's like, it's, an, it's amazing. Because it doesn't matter, you know, how many fences we paint, it doesn't matter how many ceiling tiles we put in the ceiling, it's the fact that we're willing to show up and walk along these peop- walk alongside these people. And for people like Precious, Precious is um, a school teacher and we actually sponsor Precious and because we are willing to be like, hey, Precious, we love you and we want to make sure that you are able to do what you feel like God is calling you to do, it's empowering Precious. And then we watch Precious take care of hundreds of kids on the Chapongwe farm. So it's like showing up, investing in one person has an effect on hundreds of people and it's just, inc- it's just incredible. And it's definitely, um, this trip is definitely one of the ways in which we embody the fact that we're unified and not uniform and we're all in this together. So, so I'm Mike Duke. I've been to Zambia seven times and I'm going back in two more years. Um, I'm here to tell you about how it's not that hard financially. Like we always hear about the cost, and, we, and people I've, that I've tried to recruit, and many of you are sitting out here right now, um, sometimes they walk the other way when I, when I start coming, but that's okay. Um, and yes, I'm talking to you. Uh, basically, it usually costs around 3000 or so dollars to get there, and so that's not cheap, and that's not something that we can, most of us can cannot just write a check and pull it right out of our pocket and go. So. The last time we came back, I thought, I wonder what it would be if I just, every week, went to the atrium and ran my debit card and put in $25 a week for Zambia Working Witness, Mike Duke. And amazingly, when it got closer to the trip, it was like, well, I don't really need to raise that much money. As a matter of fact, I had some family members give towards me. I really didn't have to take any money out of my own pocket at that point. So there's 99, approximately 99 weeks left between now and our next trip and I'm just telling you if you give $25 a week in the in the atrium or or online or do it recurring so you don't even have to think about it um, you will have raised $2,475 and then the rest of it will come I guarantee you from friends and family and other people that will be excited for you to go to Zambia so it's not that hard it really isn't and then a lot of people, the second part of that is that a lot of people have told me, well, wouldn't it just be better if we just sent $3,000 over there? If you want to talk about just buying bricks or wood or, or materials, you're exactly correct. It would be more beneficial to just send that money over for, for materials. But that's really not why we go. Um, 2008, I went on the very first trip. And it changed my life. It changed the way I am here. Uh, the people of Zambia have taught me a lot over the years. And, and they do. They love to see us coming. They know our names. We know their names. 
the first thing they ask about is how our family is doing and, and we do the same. It's, it's relationships. And so we really care about going. So I'm here to tell you that if you've ever thought about it, or even if you haven't, <laughs> that you should sign up for, for Zambia 2021. As a matter of fact, you can actually go to zambia2021.okcfirst.com and sign up today. And that's all I have. <laughs> Let's give these folks a hand as they head back. This is the community school video that Debbie was talking about. And this will have some sound to it too, Autumn. Sweetheart, you look a little tired. When did you rest in peace? Call in and make yourself right at home. Stay as long as you need. Tell me something wrong If something's wrong You can call on me You know I'll take my heart Clean apart If it helps your speed It's okay If you can't find the words Let me take your coat And the weight off Of your shoulders Take the oxygen straight out of my own chest. I know exactly how the rule goes. Put my mask on. So we wanted to make this just as simple as possible. I, like I, I, I think I know us by now. I, 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 think you, I think we have folks who are 
have huge hearts and are very busy and you can't make these things complicated, but I am going to give you two ways. If you would like to jump in and help us, now this is $10 a month or $25 a month or $50 or $100. We're not talking about weekly now. Mike was talking about weekly gifts to pay for your trip. But if you don't think you would ever be able to go or if you're not interested in going, $10, $25, $50, or $100 a month is what we're talking about. And if you go to lucafoundation.org, that's what this looks like. LucaFoundation.org, you can see there in the top right-hand corner, it says fund a community school scholarship. This will come up right there. You'll have a chance to put your name in, and then you can choose what, uh, what amount you want to do each month. Or you can go to the OKC First giving page. It looks like this. OKCFirst.com, you click on giving, and it says give online, and it looks a little bit different, but if you go here, you can take one, you can take this drop-down box, you can go to Luca Foundation, and then it gives you an opportunity to give to one of three different funds, and this is the community school fund, and then you can put your amount in there, 10, 25, 50, 100, you can make up your own amount, but what we know is this, is that we, we, we need to go back next time having raised not just funds, but friends. Today we are friend-raising, <laughs> in addition to fundraising. Our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. There are people in Zambia praying this psalm, covering this psalm today. And some of them that we have met are thinking that we might, Oklahoma City First Church, might be the way that they finally experience in tangible ways the steadfast love of God. Are you okay with that? That someone wanting to experience the steadfast love of God might experience in a tangible way that steadfast love of God if you show up and you embrace someone or if you give 10, 25, 50, or $100. It's okay for you to understand yourself as the answer to a fervent prayer somebody else has prayed. Maybe that's how God works. Or what else does it mean when I say to you as we gather around the table that my hope and prayer, and throughout the history of faith, the hope and prayer of people who stand where I stand and preside over this table, the hope and prayer is that the people of God would eat so much of the bread taken, blessed, broken, and given that at some point you would understand yourself to be the bread that is taken, blessed, broken, and given. And your being taken, blessed, broken, and given might very well mean that you'll be with us on that next flight. It should be less than 60-some-odd hours. It, it, might very well mean, it might very well mean that you invest in someone else to make sure that he or she can go. It might very well mean that you would actually add something to your prayer list and then make it a point to pray. We will give you the names and we will even provide the faces so you'll know who it is that you're praying for. Smoke Chayway, Pastor Clever, incredible people, precious that you've heard about today. We'll give you the names and faces. It also might very well mean, you being taken, blessed, broken, and given, that you would relinquish $10 a month or 25 or 50, or 100, and in so doing, find out that there's joy in being the bread that is taken, blessed, broken, and given. So before you give, we need to gather. So if you were helping us, would you please come and help me to set this table? 
Heavenly Father, bless these elements, the same elements that our friends are having in Zambia, perhaps even on this same day. God, may we recognize that in the taking of communion, we are actually exercising the connections that we have with one another. Nope. Not uniform, but unified. Unified because we have all decided to cast our lots with you. Bless these elements, God, and help us to see how it might be that in the neighborhood around the church, maybe the neighborhood around our homes, maybe it's, it's the neighbor, maybe it's the co-worker, maybe it's a family member, as we take this, this bread and, and cup today, help us to see how it is that we might be shaped to be the bread of life, taken, blessed, broken, and given. So bless these elements. Bless us as we take them, and then bless others because of them through us. If you are visiting with us today, it is an unusual Sunday, but a good one. This is what we do each and every week. We take communion by intention. And you do not have to participate, but you are all invited to participate. And here's what participation would look like. In a moment, I'll ask you to stand to your feet and exit your pew to the left. And after you exit your pew to the left, you'll want to make your way forward to find somebody who is holding a plate of bread. We'll have four stations up front and a couple in the back. And as you approach someone who's holding this plate of bread, that person will take a piece of bread and snap off that piece and press it into your hands. Make sure that you come with your hands cupped to receive this grace. That's the only way grace is received is with open hands. And as that person presses that bread into your hands, he or she will say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Don't eat the bread, but take it and dip it into the cup. Right here, it's Sam who has this cup. Dip it into the cup, and when you do, Sam's sword will look at you and say, and this is the blood of Christ shed for you. And then take and eat, and then find a place to pray, because God might right now be willing to show you and tell you how it is that you're about to be the bread taken blessed, broken, and given. Now, if you want to come and pray that prayer here at the side padded altars, we will assume that you are there for a prayer for healing and somebody, and if it, Lee, can you pray for us over here? And let's see, Kristen, over here, if you would. Somebody will come and meet you there and pray that prayer for healing, physical, emotional, relational, familial, Whatever kind of healing you need, someone will meet you there and pray that prayer. You might elect to come to one of these kneeling benches, and we won't assume a thing, but at some point, we will come and touch you on the back, the neck, the shoulder, just to let you know that you're not alone, because sometimes you just need the tangible reminder that you're not alone. Or you can circle right back around to your seat, and you can pray this very dangerous prayer here. God, how is it that you will use me as taken, blessed, broken, and given bread this week? But I would encourage you to summon the courage to pray that prayer. If you'd like, you can make a special trip up here to this bowl of water. It's still right now. But it's meant for you to remember the moment of your baptism. So just touch the edge of this water. And hopefully it will jog your memory and you'll remember the moment when you are initiated into this group of people who have a calling and a purpose. If you can't come to us, 
and Jason and Katie will come to you. You just need to slip up a hand and they will find you, I promise. Who is welcome, who is eligible to come to the table today? Great news. Everyone who understands their need for grace is welcome. Wait, you don't know what I did? Yep, if you know you need grace, you're welcome. No matter what happened this morning, or yesterday, or this week, if you know your need for grace, this is where you belong. It was on the night that he was betrayed that our Savior took bread. He blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. And every time you eat of it, including today, remember me. Later on he would take the cup, hold it up before them and he would say, and this is my blood, blood shed for you, representative of a new covenant. And every time you drink of it, remember me. And now across the sanctuary, if you would, all of you who are willing, all are invited. If you would stand to your feet, exit your pew to the left, come forward with your hands cupped to receive these gifts of God meant for the people of God.